Alex, we're back. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Are you feeling better? Um, yeah, as as good as I can be, you know. Um, I was really excited for Hockey Central this week because I didn't think there's going to be a lot of Leafs talk. Three minutes into today's episode, good old Justin Bourne somehow compares the Panthers to the Leafs, and I was I, I was so upset. I'm not going to lie. Usually on a bi-weekly basis, as I look at the power hour and the segments, I look at how I can relate it back to the Leafs. Now, it's a mixture of because I know it pisses you off and because it's just fun to do. But I get it. I get that they're the center of the the world. I get it. But that doesn't mean I can't complain. Even... Even um, oh no, buddy. Well, I can't. I'm so I feel bad. I forget his name, but even JD Bunkus said on the Leafs Hour that like I get it. <laughs> like it's it's not the best. It's annoying. He gets it, especially when he has to fill some time. Like the bye week must just be terrible for him. I feel really bad. They have to fill five hours of their radio show because they do the Leafs Hour on a daily basis. Well, Alex. I have no idea what they've been talking about. Well, I know they talked with Chris Johnson about the trade deadline, and they had someone today about, I think it was Freddie's lurk workload. I didn't really listen to it because I was like, like no. I, I, someone talked about Joe Quinville. I mean, you know, we will talk about him, of course. But, Alex, anyway, before we really get going, you know how we start the show. The power hour. It's the Power Hour. We have a big show today. Well, not really, because um, there's not much to talk about the Leafs and the Habs, but we'll try our best. Um, we do have a little backup plan with Daniel not being here, where um, we actually, Alex, both of us have made trade boards, um, because the trade downline, of course, is coming by quickly. So um, we'll get to that. Um, we're going to talk about the 2020 athletic player polls. Alex, have you avoided it still? I only saw the one... Um one of them which i which i told you about about the dirtiest player okay and i have not seen anything else we all knew who was going to be but anyway the certain power is i'm gonna try and not laugh while i'm because this is if this story is has any validity to it and well considering the police are involved but it's just you read it and it's 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 you can't help but laugh it's really weird um report police investigating gritty for allegedly punching 13-year-old. Uh, I'll just read a quick little bit here, but um, Philadelphia detectives are investigating a complaint made by a flyer season ticket holder who alleges that his 13-year-old son was punched in the back by team mascot Gritty. Talks about how back in November there was a Philadelphia Flyers little shoot with season ticket holders, and the guy said as Brandon, who is his young child, walked away, Gritty got out of his chair, took a running start, and punched my son as hard as he could said Greenwell on Wednesday. And apparently this was a retort from the kid, quote, playfully patted the mascot on the head at a photo shoot in November, November, sorry, for a season ticket holder. Um, now, Alex, I've only had two interactions with mascots. 
One was with UP when he like I went on a tour at the Bell Center. He was really nice, loved him. The other was actually Carlton the Bear at the first Habs game I ever went to. It was in it was in Toronto, and the Habs had just blown a two nothing lead. They won the game in the shootout, but Carlton saw I was sad. Actually, came over and gave me a hug. So, what do you make of um of this these allegations against Gritty? I know I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> but it's a little bit funny. He was like, I, I don't think we would anyone would have been surprised if Gritty had end up being investigated for something. But um, <laughs> abusing a minor would not. Be I mean, listen, things. it's really bad. Like, obviously, I, it's just bad. I, I really wanted to start the show off with this because it was. I read it. It came out. Uh, I was actually sitting in class, and when this came out. <laughs> I was so confused. I didn't even know what happened. Also, some breaking news that um, Eli Manning, Giants quarterback, is retiring from the NFL. Now, I don't know a lot about football, but I've heard of Eli Manning. So congratulations to Eli Manning on a great career. Yes. Speaking I don't know much about football either, but. Speaking of great careers, though, Alex, Patrick Kane hits a thousand points the other day on an assist. Um, I believe it was a Dominic Kubalik goal. A thousand points for Patrick Kane, a guy who, when we talk about the best player in the world, we talk about Sidney Cross, we talk about Nathan McKinnon, but I don't think we ever give enough credit to Patrick Kane, who might be one of the best, if not the best, American born players in this game's history. Yeah, for sure. I. Uh, Adam, are you ready? You want to see me make this? You want to see me do this? Sure. It it really sucked that it didn't happen against the Leafs. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> it really sucks. See what I tell you? It's so easy to make everything about the Leafs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was... Pardon? Your co-host loves when you do that. <laughs> no, it's oh, awesome that you got a thousand, point, uh, thousand, thousand points. points. It's... it's Kind of what we've been, uh, kind of been we what we've been waiting for for a couple episodes now, just because nine ninety nine, then a thousand, which is, which is a pretty big number. Uh, last night he got a gold puck. I'm pretty sure uh, at the game against the Panthers, right? He got a gold puck. Yes, as well as a crystal from the league. It was really weird. The Blackhawks gifted him like this golden puck, and the league yeah. gave him this really fancy crystal thing. It was really it was weird. Uh, listen, a thousand points is pretty big. I mean, how many player? I think the number was ninety. Yeah, he's the ninetieth. Ninetieth player to ever score a thousand points. Which, considering how many players have played in the NHL, says something. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot more to do with the Blackhawks, and you mentioned they played the Panthers last night. That was yeah. Joe Quindle's return, uh, his first game in Chicago since being fired last season and being replaced by Jeremy Carlson, who is uh, still getting booed by Chicago Blackhawks fans whenever they announce him at starting lineups. But before we go to the game itself and Joe Quinville and maybe some of the post-game stuff with some of the players, um, let's talk about something that happened with the Blackhawks. There was a morning skate where Duncan Keith and Jonathan Tave, Jonathan Tave is no-teeth Keith, the ghost of Duncan Keith, had a friendly wrestling match. 
Um, Jonathan Taves did say he was fine. They were in that, like, for morning skate, you need to get your head in the game. And uh, they did that even though they blew it against the Florida Panthers that same day. But what would you make of this little, uh, whenever there's a fight, it seems to make headlines in the NHL. Honestly, I was a little confused on the whole situation. Just because, yeah, it made headlines. But again, we don't know really what happened. It just, all we know is there was a disagreement, which is fine. I'm not uh, concerned that we don't know what happened. But I don't know. Uh, Anthony Stewart was talking about it yesterday on yeah, – I'm pretty sure it was yesterday on Hockey Central. And he made it seem like this was kind of more of an occurrence in the NHL. And there's just a whole lot going on with – for me, at least looking around the league about fighting, and it's a whole separate issue. And I actually sent you some pictures this morning of some comments I saw on on Facebook. Yes, you did. And it kind of it, it was it was really weird, to be honest. Sports uh, need fighting. Fighting is good. I I I never understood. Uh, obviously, other than like MMA or boxing, which listen, I'm not. I'm not anti-fighting, but I'm like when the point of the game, like you look at other, you look at other leagues who ban fighting, and I know we're going off on a tangent here, but I already started. You look at other leagues with like the MLB, you get suspended. NBA, you get suspended. NFL, which is arguably just as contact heavy as hockey. If you get into a fight, you're suspended. Why is hockey different? I don't know. Like, it it just doesn't make sense to me. You can make an argument that uh, I don't know about you. Every time I talk to an American, I'll say sorry in like a little thing, and then they they're like, "Oh, you're a Canadian. You're so polite." And you know, but even though of all the big four sports league, the Canadian one is probably the most barbaric. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, back to the Blackhawks. Um, the Pan and the Panthers are probably two of the hottest teams in the league right now. You know, it helps when half the half the league is on their bye weeks. But anyway, the Blackhawks' winning streak came to an end last night versus the Panthers, and we talked about Joe Quinville. He got a massive. I watched the first period of that game just so I could see the reaction. I've never seen a coach get such an ovation. In my time as a hockey fan, of course, won three cups in six seasons with the Blackhawks. And to a lot of people, I think me and you included, was probably unjustly fired because of the job Bowman did with that team. Um, but anyway, did you see the ovation that he got? Or here? I didn't see it. I didn't see it live. I saw the uh, the clip on Twitter afterwards. I thought it was pretty much what he deserved, considering, you know, and I know he was given uh the, he built not technically built but he was given this very good team still went out there and won three cups very well deserved mm-hmm. uh, i didn't expect anything less uh named coach of the decade was joe quinville just a, a quick little thing i want to say about him is what was always florida's issues they can score but no goaltending. Well, guess what? They're getting no goaltending still, and Quinville is still managing to steer that chip in a playoff position. And, of course, they're going to be a really interesting team to, to uh, keep an eye out on the Panthers. They play the Leafs three more times this season, and um, where we are in said season is going to be just must-watch games because of 
A, how entertaining the other storylines was the game they had a few weeks ago and the playoff picture, of course. But uh, changing gears here quickly, Alex, let's talk about a former Chicago Blackhawk, and that's uh, AHL defenseman uh, because he currently plays for the uh, Bakersfield Condors for the Edmonton Oilers. AHL defenseman Brandon Manning, who has played nine games for the Oilers this season, has been suspended five games for use of a racial slur towards an opponent during a game between the Condors and the Ontario Reign. Yeah, the he well he put out a statement through the team last night. Basically, it said last night I made comments to an opposing player that were stupid and offensive. After the game, I spoke with the opposing player in person, which I'm very grateful for. He allowed me to apologize, and I took full responsibility for what I've said. To say I've learned from this situation is an understatement, and I promise to be better. I mean, it's just another example of, of what's wrong in the game. And I get it. It's a, it was one situation. But I think this year has really opened a lot of eyes to what's really wrong, like down to the root of what is wrong uh, in hockey today. And there's just a lot of work to be done. And I know the NHL is starting or they, they're going to start doing certain things. But I think that's just the start of what actually needs to be done. And for and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and I'd actually have surprisingly I'd agree with them that people have to stop saying hockey is for everyone when clearly like once a month we get an incident that proves otherwise exactly uh I, you know what kudos to manning that how quickly it seemed you know he went out apologized talked to the player afterwards but you know what um again we keep going to the hockey culture thing it looks like now we're gonna try our damnness to have that discussion this weekend and of course you know Switching gears to some better news, Alex, I want you to tell me some stuff about Stephen Johns, Dallas Stars forward, who is uh, finally back and playing. So he's been out for 22 months. Uh, He just got back. He was diagnosed with post-traumatic headaches. Uh, Apparently, I I did some research. The team said it wasn't related to concussions, which I would say that's a good starting point especially if that's true Uh, i don't see any reason to lie about something like that um but he's back and i think it it kind of comes off uh miro heiskanen's now uh injured but an ad and he's a good piece to have especially for that team Mm -hmm. Uh, so congratulations to him for coming back Oh, yeah. Uh, talk about another player who's coming back. Uh, he's been healthy, but Justin Williams is back with the Carolina Hurricanes. Of course, we know that. His first game back gets the shootout winner. Then his second game back gets two goals against the Jets. And with the return of Justin Williams, Alex, I've also seen the return of the storm surge. Yes, I saw it started, which is great. Because you know, you know how much uh, certain people at Sportsnet love love the storm surge. I know you're thinking of Brian Burke, but <laughs> Justin Bourne also doesn't like it, which is such a shame. 
such a shame. Like, of those of that cast, I thought that maybe Anthony Stewart wouldn't like it. Anthony Stewart, who, by the way, I'm becoming a bigger fan of day and day every time I listen to Hockey Central at noon again. But Justin Bourne is like, he just hates the fun, doesn't he? Yeah, he's the fun police. Well, that's what happens when you're an Islanders fan. You hate anything good in <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, moving on. Um, we do need some laughs because the next story is actually kind of – it's a downer. Corey Schneider is a fringe NHL goalie. It's, I think it's safe to say that his permanent career in the NHL is, is probably done. Yeah, it, it really does suck. And I know we've had a conversation about this uh, outside of the podcast, so we might as well bring it in. Um, basically, he was sent down to the AHL during this bye week. Uh, I, I'm assuming they're on a bye week here. And you don't really see that happen to a whole lot of NHL players. You know, we saw Lilia Grin and Brooks uh, for the Leafs at least sent down. I don't know about uh, the Canadians. You see it happen a whole lot that those players who should get ice time tend to be sent down. And I guess Schneider is turning into one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Which kind of sucks for him because, you know, he had. Uh, such a good thing going for him in Vancouver. And then he kind of came to New Jersey, got injured, spent that hip injury. And it doesn't seem like he ever really fully recovered from that. And things have just kind of been going downhill from there. Well, we can finish the power hour off with some good news. And, uh, you know, we talked about hockey culture a bit. And a guy who's really been at the forefront of trying to change hockey culture, of course, has been Akeem Alou, has signed in the Czech League with, I'm going to mispronounce this, but H.C. Litvinov. Litvinov. Of course, that is the league where Yager owns a team. So, I mean, Akeem And Alou, you know who else plays in that league? Would it be the turtleneck wearer himself, Thomas Blekanek? Leafs legend, Thomas Blekanek. I am so tempted to hang up right now. <laughs> who said that? It's so disgusting because my mom's a big Plecky fan. Like she knows <laughs> and everything. And Nick Suzuki now wears number fourteen. So we were at the game. We we're at the Vegas game, and they had at the intermission, you know, the thing where they try and shoot the pucks into like the small holes for like fifty grand. And this woman had a number fourteen jersey on, but it was Nick Suzuki. It was just heartbreaking. It's not real. Not real at all. Alex. I'm really I'm upset I don't actually know this. What jersey do you have? Which player on it? Where? Like you have a Leafs jersey, obviously. I have uh, some, yeah. Yeah. What name? Your what's your go-to? Like whose number and name do you got on? Right now, my go-to is uh, John Tavares, ninety-one with the A on it. Oh, you got to get that sewn on, buddy. All right, fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm. It's weird that I didn't know that, but uh, anyway, Alex. I have prepared a pop quiz ahead of time. Oh, God. Today. Okay, I have a question for you before you get to the pop quiz. Because I was on Twitter this afternoon and I saw something trending. And I have this weird feeling that I know what your pop quiz is going to be about. It, I, okay, it's not that, but I want you to bring it anyway because I'm so happy about this. Does it have anything to do with them announcing the final season of Star Wars Clone Wars? The Clone Wars. 
Verso actually, it has been known for about about a year now that it was coming, but today was just the final trailer. What had people okay. like really excited was because it had Maul and Ahsoka, and also there was a clip of Anakin and Padme, and they had some stuff blended in from Revenge of the Sith. So people are seeing that like the last episode or something, they're going to very much integrate stuff from Revenge of the Sith. Um, it is not a, a Clone Wars quiz, even though I will put down next week, Alex. Is or, it a Star Wars quiz? It is not Star Wars, but I, I promise you now we will have a Star Wars: The Clone Wars quiz on Saturday. So keep it up. You now. don't need you. You don't need to promise me that because I, I'm I, not it, excited. I'm gonna have, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna because Alex, my job here is is to steer the show, right? But I, I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the anchor for a second here because I need to tell people that like, listen, I know you're here for the hockey talk. Or you know if you're me if you're me and Alex's mom and you're here to support your children, like I like people don't un- just because something is an animated show doesn't mean you should you should discredit it and not give it any mind. Like the character, you know the animation, the cinematography. Again, yeah, you don't look at it and just say it's a cartoon, but like the storyline, the character writing is so good in that film. At, sorry, in in that series, it, it has no right to be that good, but it really is. But no, Alex, today's pop quiz is on dinosaurs and Jurassic Park. On what? Sorry, you cut out there. Jurassic Park slash dinosaur. Do I look like I know anything about dinosaurs? Well, first, Alex, I'm going to ask you, you know how the normal layout works. You need five points. Yeah, 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 yeah. Question one to four are one point. The fifth question is worth five points. Once Daniel's on and we have a real quiz thing going, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of make this a bit more serious but question number one which jurassic park movie is the best film i'm very biased the first one the first one the first one that's the correct answer by the way okay the first it's it's a perfect movie i can quote every single line question number two alex which dinosaur is the coolest uh t-rex that is also right alex how you've been very well so far Alex, really, if you just know me, you're going to get most of this right. What is the nickname Good. of the T-Rex in the Jurassic Park um, series? He, he does have a Sorry, nickname. what? What is the nickname, the nickname of the T-Rex that you, that you... There is a single T-Rex that recurs in all the movies except two and three. That T-Rex has a nickname. Man, I got no idea. The answer is Rexy. Was he a hockey player? I actually think it's a girl, but I know the, it, the trash nickname, isn't it? Is it a hockey player? You just add a Y to the end of their name? Ah, Brooksy! How are you doing? What is, it? What is this? So, Alex, have you seen the first Jurassic Park movie? I have, but I don't remember it as well as I imagine you remember it. I want you to describe chaos theory to me. I have no idea. All right, Alex. I told you I'm not. I told you I don't know this. You're asking me to describe chaos theory. It was, uh... Chaos theory would be if Montreal literally tore everything apart. That would be absolute chaos. You know what, Alex? I'm gonna give you the point there because I don't really know. It's like things just go wrong for the hell of it, which in in the markets that we cheer for happens a lot. This is the fifth every question. other week. Every other week. I want you to name me five types of dinosaurs. You should be uh, this. This is honestly, such a question. I, 
Okay, T-Rex. Yeah, okay. Velociraptor. All right, Velociraptor, I'll take it. Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus, is that a thing? Cool. A Stegosaurus is real, yes. Oh, I don't want to... I don't want to... Pterodactyl. Alex, I will take Pterodactyl. You need to Um, get one more dinosaur. I'm not going to lie, a Pokemon name just came into my head. Oh my god. I'm not even going to lie, I don't know why. But, whatever. Um, I have no idea, man. Are you serious? You can't name me a fifth dinosaur. Are you throwing in the towel? Yeah, I don't know dinosaurs. An allosaurus, a spinosaurus. No, I know nothing. Oh, tri- I know Triceratops. Well, I didn't know the first two. You've lost the quiz, Alex, so just go give me... What's your read of the bye week? I'm so disappointed. One second. Oh, my read of the bye week is um, from Ian Mac. I believe it's Ian McIntyre from Sportsnet. And it is called... Once my... It's a Q&A with Jim Benning. <laughs> From Ian McIntyre. What did you like Came about? Out, I liked the fact that they that they talked about the, some of the con. Like they talked about Brendan Sutter and Louis Erickson. <laughs> that's what I liked about it. Well, Alex, that's a good one. And and they talk about like going from the thing that stood out was the fact that they talked about. 20 from going from 2012 till now and the ups and downs after especially after those riots what it's been like the ups patterson besser and hughes the downs everything else yeah yeah well alex do you want to know what my read of the bye week is sure well that's a great great question alex because mine is from the athletic by the staff, the 2020 NHL poll, players have their say on the best player, worst referee, drinking buddies, and more. You're shaking your head. I have had that transition yeah, no, ready since the moment I saw this article. Unbelievable. All right, Alex. So um, just to read a bit from this article here, um, the way at the end of the day, NHL teams, every single, all 31 teams and nearly 400 players in total, 392 to be exact, are the amount of people that were, or players, sorry, that were interviewed for this little poll here, ladies and gentlemen. Who doesn't love a poll, Alex? Number I one. I love polls. Who is the best player in the game? Now, there are five answers here. Or sorry, McDavid. This- McDavid. McDavid. Well, you well, even need to read. Thank you for completely stepping on the progress. Um, You don't even need to answer the question. Well, some players that got some votes but didn't quite make it to the top were John Carlson, Dry Silo, Patrice Bergeron, Austin Matthews, John Eberle, Patrick Kane, Alex Ovechkin. Um, Just a quick thing for me. I don't think Ovechkin ever gets enough respect when we talk about the best player in the world. We call him the best goal scorer like nothing, but... Not the best player. By the way, uh, 63% of players did say Connor McDavid. McKinnon, Good. 17. Crosby only got 15. Um, then, of course, Patronak and Eichel over also got 1%. But uh, the interesting here, the interesting thing to me here, McKinnon, 2% more than Crosby. 
Yeah, that was interesting. That kind of, that's very surprising. This quote stood out for me here. I think guys who say Crosby at this point are mostly just being nice. McDavid's the guy added an Atlantic region <clears throat> player. Uh, I think, first of all, I think whoever that Atlantic player is, uh, is underestimating Sidney Crosby, which you do not do, by the way. I think if he wasn't hurt, there'd be some more answers here. Uh, this is my favorite question, which might give away the answer. Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. Aside from your own goalie, who do you want to start? Is the answer Carey Price? The the, the guy who got the most votes, 10% more than second place Marc-Andre Fleury, was Carey oh. Price. Yeah. Would you like to hear some of the things that players said about Price? Sure. I don't think he has the numbers that would um, that he would normally this year, but he's pressure tested, he's battle tested, so the Pacific Division player. He's just been so good for so long. Everyone, especially in that position, has their ups and downs. So the Pacific player from a different team, he always finds a way to bounce back in a game seven, regardless of how he's been playing in the past few months. I feel like he can just bring it, and he's so technically good. He always has that to fall back on. Jordan Bennington also, by the way, got the same amount of votes as Tuka Rask, both at 7%. Vasilevsky also at 11 um, Bennington just did it. This is a quote, sorry. Quote, Bennington just did it. How can you pick anyone else? End quote to the Metro Division player. My God. <laughs> That's so nice. Oh, yeah. So that, nice was, that was definitely – who's a Canadian in the Metro? It wouldn't be Sid because Sid would only praise Matt. Anyway, uh, number three, who was the most underrated player? Who do you think got this? Uh, is it Barkov? Twenty-two uh, percent said Alex Barkov. Nine percent said Huberto. Eight percent got Backstrom. Three percent Spurgeon and Braden Point. Braden Point got how much? Three percent. Sorry, him and Spurgeon both got three. Now, Alex, I don't know about you, but. I think Backstrom is still the most underrated player in the league. And I say that because everyone would just say, oh, he's he's un- he's underrated. But I don't think we actually re- – I think we just say that. I don't think we really sit down and realize how you, good Nick Backstrom is. You know what the thing is with saying players are underrated is when everyone says they're underrated, he, they're not underrated anymore because you're all rating him to that level that you want him to be because – He's not underrated at that point. Everyone's saying he's underrated. Alex, I don't think everyone's everyone talks about Nicholas Backstrom and how good he is. How many times last year did we talk about uh, Barkov? See, I will. I I will. Times he played in Toronto. Yeah, which is very annoying. Yeah, the moment he had that hatchery against the Leafs, you can't say because everyone finally saw how good he was. Also, interesting the Hubert though. Normally, it takes a while for somebody to get. If you've always looked at the underrated polls, it's always been these guys: Point, Backstrom, um, Barkov. It's interesting to me how quickly Hubert got up there. Yeah, because they all realized that he was good. Alex, this is the most interesting one for me. Who is the dirtiest player in the league? And we all Brad know Marchand. it was Brad Marchand at 29%. Tom Wilson's 24%. Kachuk is up to 11 Racco Gudas is at 7%. And 3% noted Habs hater, but the guy who turns the puck over when his team's playing the Habs, Antoine Roussel. <laughs> now, yeah, I, 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 you, I would have thought Tom Wilson was up there. 
uh, like number one. But yeah. it makes I that's the one I saw. I saw it was Brad Marchand. So now, excuse me, I'm going to do a bit of reading here because I think these are some of the most interesting quotes when they talk about these dirty players. So, Alex, you might want to get the sense. You know, I won't swear because I don't want to make you do extra editing Thank here. You. Thank Nobody's you. dirty, a Pacific player said. I know guys cheat. There's a lot of rats in the league. Matt Chuck's a rat. Brad Marchand's a rat, but I wouldn't call them dirty. Now, this is a Pacific player, this comment I'm about to talk about. Uh, about Brad Marchand. Quote, Brad Marchand could do some shady bleep. End quote. Let's go with Brad Marchand. He's a little prick. Prick is not a swear word, by the way. Um, and uh, a lot of people talk about Tom. Um, this is from a, a, another Pacific Division player. I was thinking Tom Wilson. He does some stupid bleep, but he can play the game at least. He walks the edge and is very effective on his team. Now, Alex, who would you say that the players voted as the best defensive defenseman in the league? That's a good question. It is. Uh, I am not too sure. Who did they say? Um, well, fifth place with 5% was Jacob Slavin. Tied were Ryan McDonough and Mark Giordano at 6%. Shea Weber was second with 10 and leading was 17% was Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman, sorry. Interesting. I was I really like that. And yeah, because Shea Weber's second, that's to you like that. Well, I, I think I, I Hedman is one of those guys who is actually a like a a, a real Norris Trophy caliber defenseman because he can he can play in both ends of the ice, which uh, not a lot of defensemen can do nowadays. Right. Yeah, yeah. but Hedman makes sense. And, and look at what happened to Tampa Bay last year when, when he was hurt in the playoffs. They got swept. Now, uh, question six, A and B, we have the best and wor- worst referees in the league, Alex. Now, if I asked you, how big of a will... did Wes McCauley win? I wonder who won best referee. So, number at fifth, we had Francois Saint Laurent, Tim Peel at three percent, Dan O'Halloran at third at three percent, Kelly Sutherland got fifteen, and Wes McCauley won with seventy-one percent. Oh my God! Now here's what inter- what's really interesting. Francois Saint Laurent won, so he was one percent in best referees, but Justin Saint Pierre. Oh no, sir! I, I got that completely mixed up. I'm they they were two French guys. I saw Saint. Sorry, and Justin Saint Pierre, forty two percent is um voted the worst referee in the league. Tim Peel's up there at twelve percent. Well, that must be great to know the players think you're the worst referee. Now I I do have to give some context here. This is uh, the athletic put after this. This was the toughest question to get answers to. Of our 392 players, only about half gave an answer for best referee, and only 38% had an answer for the worst referee. So we've got a smaller sample size here. Take the results with an added grain of salt. And there were not so there were not good words said about you know Justin St. Pierre, but I will not I will not say them here. But um, uh, you know some of the ones here he's the worst bar none bar none. Um, this is really, really funny from a Metro player. Quote, I hate picking St. Pierre because he'll probably be happy if he wins it. Uh, I really want to hear what uh, Steve Dangle has to say about West McCauley. 
Oh, uh, you know that he lands in St. Louis and just loses it. Um, which player not on your team would you most likely have a beer with? Oh. Interesting. Take a guess. Alex is looking confused. He doesn't know. I don't know. With, I'm trying to think of players here, but... With 14%, it was Alexander Ovechkin. Really? I, I That guy looks like he can party. Somebody does bring up after seeing... After watching him after the cup, I think... Yeah. Fun said the Pacific player. It would probably be a wild night. Then second to 12% were both Joe Thornton, Sidney Crosby, Keith Yandel at 6%. I don't think we didn't, we'll talk about him because he's in Florida, but Keith Yandel seems to be a real favorite in the locker room. And uh, 5% was Brett Burns. I would love to hang out with Brett Burns. Yeah, I, can, I could see, I could see why they want to hang out with Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to the part about outdoor games because I don't really care. Um, this is, a, I think, one that is very, very interesting to me. And Alex, I am going to make you censor one thing because I think this is a really funny answer. So, do you pay attention to analytics or advanced stats? Sorry. 14% said yes. 86 said no. And the quote here is quote no, said an Atlantic player. I think they're stupid. Oh, God. Good, good. Good, 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 good. Here's something here I think is really interesting. Um, One Atlantic division player summed up the issue very thoughtfully. Quote, I think it's intuitive for us. I know when I've been shelled on a shift or a whole game, he said, we know that I don't need someone to tell me that I've been doing this for a long time. You just know if things are going well or not, whether it's shot attempts against or whatever metric is being used. I, if I was a player, Alex, I wouldn't give a crap about analytics. I don't blame them. Okay. Wait till they go negotiate a contract. Okay, wait, hold someone, on. When hold someone on. pulls out, so I guarantee you that when Kyle Dubas was negotiating any of those contracts... Analytics came up more than once. I mean, I guarantee you they didn't when uh, Ken Holland was meeting with Zach Hassian, but I don't know about that. I think like if if you brought a if you brought a spreadsheet to Brian Burke when he was running wherever to whatever team, let's say Toronto. But, yeah, but you're, now you're talking about a different time. Yeah, because he's stubborn. He was running a team not that long ago. Ken Holland's an old school guy. I don't think he's going to care. Okay, so you go ask Kyle Dubas about stats, and you go ask uh, Chaika about stats, and you let me know what they say. That's two general managers. But that's what it's moving towards. Why do why do all teams have an uh, analytics department except one? Listen, uh, what... If I'm a player that let's say you're you're I'm gonna say I'm Alex Petrangelo. I'm the mm-hmm. captain of the cup winner. You know what? This year I'm about to negotiate a contract that will set up my kid's future and what he just had triplets. You know, I come to the rink, this is my life, I do all this travel, this training. It's, Why the hell not, Okay, yes, being a UFA is a complete I'm not talking about you uh, you're 
talking about an extent, if we're talking about an extension with your own team, if he hits the free agent market, no, no one's bringing up analytics because you're not you're competing with other teams. When you're talking just to your to your own team, you're not competing with anyone at that point. If you were a player, yeah. Would you care about analytics? Not every single analytic, but I'm like, okay, where can I get better? Analytics can show me where I can get better. That's just a that's a fact. Like everyone's talking about. There's a reason again. Thirty out of thirty-one NHL teams have analytic departments. Well, they they don't a team like Ottawa isn't cluelessly going to spend money on analytics if analytics weren't important. Knowing how much they don't like spending money. Hey, hey, listen, if we want to trash the Sens... uh, No, I'm not trashing the Sens. It's just not every team can spend millions of dollars like the the Leafs and Habs. There's teams that can't throw money around. Right? Yeah, but talk about... I'm just saying, like, from a player's point of view, I get it. Well, yeah, that's... Yeah, I get it, too. They probably don't want to hear about it. Uh, If you're company CC... You're, like, he probably has Ian Tullock blocked, right? Probably. He doesn't listen to Steve Dangle. You know, he probably this- doesn't listen to a whole lot of people. No. God, he's a weird player as Cody CC, isn't he? Uh, really weird player. But anyway, Alex, I think that's going to be a close to all of that. Uh, player falls. I love them. I love them. I love them. I, I want as big a sample size about the analytics as I can. And also, I'd love to know the players who really do pay attention to it. I really would. Um, and you can guarantee the ones who do are going to be ones that are going to be coaches or GMs in the future. Uh, but moving on here, Alex. We've made trade bait boards. Would you like to go first? Sure. I'm not going to lie. I had. <laughs> I thought it was quite difficult to make this board because I, I really had a big list of players who I thought could potentially be moved. But this is pretty much the top 10. Uh, I don't necessarily think... I think they're pretty much in as much of order as I could have put them in. But we'll see. Uh, number one, I have Chris Kreider. Mm-hmm. Uh, our uh, UFA at the end of the year with the Rangers. Uh, I think the Rangers... I'm. I mean, they also have Georgiev, who's also on my list. But Kreider's one of those guys you move, bring something back. He's he's been linked uh, with a couple teams, uh, one of them being the Bruins, which I really don't like. Uh, but we'll we'll see about that one. Uh, number two, I have Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, simply because. I, and we're going to get to this later about what the Canadians are doing because it is that time of the time of the month that we will be that they're going to be making a decision. Mm-hmm. I think Kovalchuk's one of the guys if they are going to sell is going to be moved and can get you some type of pick. I don't know what round, but he's also UFA at the end of the year seven hundred thousand, so he basically has. Nothing on the books. That's fair. Uh, number three, I have Alec Martinez. 
he's a UFA at the end of next year. Uh, I believe he has four million against the cap. And I, I this is an interesting one because I think there would be teams who could go after him because he's a left hand shot who can play on the right side too. Uh, I believe I I don't remember where is reading this, but at some point, what the ask was was like a second round pick and a prospect, uh, which seems quite low considering what they got for Jake Muzzin last year. Unless a lot of teams don't value him as much, but I think he if I think you move if you're the Kings, uh, you move him now because he ha- probably has more value because you. You get that second cup, uh, second cup run that you wouldn't get next year. Uh, number four is Mar- Martinez. It, Martinez uh, teammate Tyler Toffoli, who I think a lot of people have at number two. But I think the way Kovalchuk's been playing uh, and Martinez being a defenseman, I think both of those players go above Toffoli just because I don't know. I don't think Toffoli's been having the best of season so far uh he's also not playing on the best of teams but that's a whole different different situation i have here that freeman reported the cost to land tyler to foley uh was a second round pick in a prospect i'd do that i would do that too that that seems low and you know who can make a deal uh, like that, the Boston Bruins. And I, they've been linked to both to Foley and Kreider, and I wouldn't be surprised by trade deadline day because nothing happens on trade deadline day. By that day, if one of those two players are, uh, are Boston Bruins, because it seems like that's consistently something they're looking for, bringing in uh, some. Uh, a kind of that second line player uh, just for the for the run. They brought in Rick Nash a couple of years ago. Last year they brought in Charlie Coyle, ended up signing him to an extension. That is exactly what they're looking for. Uh, Alex Georgiev came in for me at number five simply because the Rangers are in a situation that at some point they're going to have to get rid of a goalie. Uh, despite the crazy asking price for Georgiev. And I understand why he has that asking price. Uh, just because, you know, he's young. Uh, he has potential to be a starter. And he's been outstanding lately. He's played around 65 games. Last time I checked, he played 65 games in the NHL. So he can't be sent through waivers. Uh, the only goalie of the three... So that can be sent through weight that can go to the AHL is Igor Shosturkin. I don't think that's going to happen either because his NA, in the NHL he has been phenomenal. He's been pretty pretty darn good. I think they have to move Georgiev, and I think at some point they're going to be pressured to move him because I don't know how long you can possibly have three goalies. Considering next year they still are going to have three goalies. Yeah, by the way, in three games, Shostorkin has a 929 save percentage. So, uh, yeah, he's pretty good. 
At number six, I have Sammy Vatnin. Uh, obviously, UFA at the end of the year, so anything could happen. Um, I think a team who needs a right shot defenseman or just wants to bolster their any any pairing could go after this guy. It would it would be he's he's on the thing with Sammy Vatnin is is I think I don't think this year a whole lot of people have been talking about Sammy Vatnin just because he has not been playing as well. Not he's playing on a poor team. He's playing on a poor team, but I think you put him in a different situation. Uh, I think he'll thrive. He. I mean, obviously, I love. We've had this discussion before. Bringing him to the Leafs, I think, would be beneficial for him and uh, the team. Yeah. Uh, number seven, I have Pajot, who's kind of di- the reason I have him so much lower is because uh, because he just has no one's been talking about him lately, you know. At the beginning of the year, he had such a good start. Uh, everyone was talking about him, and his value was just ri- like rising and rising and rising and was rising. Then he slowed down, and it just didn't seem like a whole lot was being said about uh, Pajot. But I still think if he's the type of guy that can be traded uh, from the Senators and get fair. you some, some, something. And I, I don't know there. I think he's one of the guys who likes it in Ottawa. Is could he potentially be a guy that re-signs in Ottawa well, if he gets traded? Well, he's the marquee centerman available, so you're gonna have if somebody's looking for one, you're gonna be the one with the most value. So, right. but it, whatever. I think that's a case where you see what the best offer is, and then you decide if it's not good enough, then you try and keep him. Uh, number nine, I have Jeff Petrie. Uh, sorry, number eight, I have Jeff Petrie. All right. Uh, two All right. years left. Uh, we already talked about Montreal selling. He would be uh, probably if Kovalchuk wasn't doing so well. I'd have Jeff Petrie at, higher up on this list because he seems like the perfect guy for the for the team to sell on and get assets back considering he has this year and next year Mm -hmm. uh number nine i have zach bogosian i really think there is some type of market for bogosian because he has one year left the sabers can retain on him and he's a right shot defenseman Mm -hmm. fair enough and we had this discussion outside the podcast you said why why don't the leafs go out and get him I mean, they could. He, I'd argue, he's better than CC. He's better than Marincin. I don't know if that's. I think at this point, if you're adding anything on D, it has to be some type of needle mover. Uh, number nine, uh, number ten. Sorry, I have Robin Leonard. Okay. And we we had this discussion last episode about what the Blackhawks need to do with their goalie situation. I don't think it'd be smart of them to uh, keep Robin Leonard, sign him to a long-term extension, because I think they need to do an actual some type of rebuild or 
I don't think Robin Leonard. I think Robin Leonard can go somewhere else and do better. Sam, and I mean, uh, I, I I think he's the. You can pro- pardon. No, go ahead, go ahead. I think you can get more for Robin Leonard than you can for Corey Crawford, and based on Stan Bowman. Uh, you look at he brought back Brandon Saad. He brought back Andrew Shaw. It makes a whole lot of sense that he's not going to bring back Robin Leonard, and he'd rather keep Corey Crawford. Fair enough, then. So to recap your list, you have Kreider at one, Kovalchuk two, Martinez three, Toffoli four, Georgiev, Vatanen, Pajo, Petrie, Bogosian, and Robin Leonard. Yes. Do you want to give an honorable mention? Jimmy Howard. Jim Howard. I was thinking of Jim Howard. I won't lie to you. My list was at seventeen, so there there's been there's been some cuts. There's there's been some cuts. Um, number one, I yeah, I have Chris Cryer because I mean, you know, I why wouldn't he be the best? You know, he's not he's not this thirty four year old who's all of a sudden had a, a great stretch with with the French guys. I, mean, I think most people do. Yeah. I think most people have him at number one. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's he's like a player that he would fit great in Boston. He's the type of player you think the Leafs would just love to have or their fan base. Uh, you talked more about Kreider. I can't stand the guy because Carey Price. Uh, number two, I yeah, you were right. I had Toffoli at number two. I've been high on Tyler Toffoli for a long time. I think if the Habs do make a decision to try and go for it, considering they have an extra second rounder, I wouldn't be surprised if they went for Tyler Toffoli or a guy we're going to talk about a little later, or I will talk about a little later on this list. But, yeah, I have uh, Toffoli number two. By the way, me and you have three differences, and my first one is number three. This is a guy who has been on the trade market for a very long time, and I think that he's finally going to get moved, and there's a team that is looking for some forward help, and they have cap space now. And that is from the Minnesota Wild, Jason Zucker. Apparently, Bill Guerin is doing the same thing as Berger, and he's listening to the offers out there. And I think you get a very pretty penny for Jason Zucker. Okay. Number four, this is a guy, like, Toronto Media loves to try and trade William Nylander. There's not a player I love to try and trade more than my number four guy, and that's Andreas Janssen. I think that the Leafs will make a move for defense. And I think Andreas Janssen is the guy that they're going to get rid of. I wouldn't trade Kapanen. I really wouldn't. I think a lot of people, I think, have started to favor Kapanen more. Um, I do think the two of them are a bit overvalued by Leafs fans at times. You know, they're not. Like, Adam Wild said that they move the needle. I was like, okay, but how much do they really? Like, Kapanen doesn't fit in the Leafs' top six. He probably could somewhere else, but... You know, anyway, but I, I really do think if you decided to trade Andreas Janssen, I think you could get some real nice back. And I think if you packaged him, maybe with a CC as a sweetener and maybe a pick or two, you could try and get Matt Dumba. I have a question. Yes. Is it going to be, okay, you know how it used to be Brown, Nielsen in a second? Yes. Is it going to be Janssen, Bracco in a second? With CC. And half retained. <laughs> but I, I don't know what it is about Andreas Janssen. I just love trying to trade him. Uh, number five, I, I have Ilya Kovalchuk. Um, the only reason I have guys above him is because um, I just if I'm another team and I see a, a, um, a Janssen or a Zucker available, I'd, I'd love him. But at the same time, I don't want to undervalue Ilya, Ilya Kovalchuk because he has been good. But at the same time, he has to 
he has to keep going here. There's still another, what, month before the trade deadline. So, number five, yeah, Ilya Kovalchuk. On uh, number six, I have him one spot higher than you. I have Jean-Gabriel Pajot, just because I don't think he can ever underestimate the price of a centerman in this league. On uh, number seven, I have a guy I'm a very, very big fan of, and that is Eric Gustafson of the Chicago Blackhawks. Because this is what I see the Blackhawks doing. Because they always do the thing that makes the least amount of sense. They will try and hold on to both those goaltenders instead of trying to pay Eric Gustafson. And they will lose him and somehow Leonard as well. I don't think they're going to trade Leonard. And I think they, I know you had him. And I think the joke with us is that the Blackhawks aren't very smart. But if I was the Blackhawks, I would try and keep Leonard because if I'm the Blackhawks, I'm doing whatever I... And, uh, sorry, I should rephrase this. The way I look at the Blackhawks is they're going to do the stupid thing, and that means instead of trading Leonard for the assets, they're going to try and keep this whole thing together, thinking that they could go on a run here. I know they've been hot, but I just don't believe in it. Uh, this guy I have a lot lower than you, just because I think his injury has maybe scared people off for this year, and... You know, you still have a chance to move him next year if he doesn't get you what you want this year, and that's uh, Alec Martinez. I think if anyone was going to try and get him, it was going to be the Habs before the Scandella deal. Now, if, if they turn into sellers, on uh, number nine, I have Sammy Vatanen. I'd probably maybe have him a bit higher up, but at the same time, I don't want to move down a centerman or Eric Gustafson. And I have a sweet spot for lefties like Gustafson as opposed to righties, even though. I probably should have Vatanen higher, but my own bias is there. And number 10, a guy who I think it was a guy's lost a lot of kind of spark with me lately because of all the stuff with Toronto and that. I have Alexander Goryev. Um, you're not going to get Kapanen Janssen. I understand that, but you know, you don't, you don't need to, you know, dedicate how many segments on radio about it. Um, or what do you know? A guy's trying to trade someone and trying to get a lot of value for him. But I do think Georgiev will be moved because I don't see you getting rid of Lundqvist. I just can't do that. He'll probably be gone at the end of next year, but I just don't see anything. And my honorable mention is one of Travis Hamnick or TJ Brody. And yeah, that's that's my list. I like it. Thank you. I do like it. All right, I Al. thought about I thought about Hamnick. And Brody, like I had them in my longer list. I just didn't think it was justified to put them in considering Calgary were going to make a push. I'm going to keep this this list saved. I have both our lists up here, and let's see if anything does come of it. And uh, maybe we can do something if one of us is more right than the other Alex. But anyway, we've moved on from the trade bait. We have the Habs. We have the Leafs. Who do you want to talk about first? There's not much here, but we can try and get something. Um, I mean, you can go first. It's not a big deal. Um, see, I, I put something in the notes that said it's the bye week. What can we really do? And I think now we just look at it and we think, what is what do the Canadians do after you know they won four of their five? Uh, even after a game where he allowed a lot of goals, Carey Price was a nine thirty five uh, nine thirty five save percentage in this 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 glorious year of twenty twenty. Ilya Kovalchuk has turned into a god for the Canadians, and that is why I think Mark Bergevin will make the wrong decision, and he will be a buyer and he will try and go for Tyler Foley, and. I, 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 do I think it is the right move? No, I think it's time. 
I've talked about it before. Maybe this time, trade your price and your Weber and see what goes. But at the same time, if Bergevin goes for it, at least there's a bit more investment for me. And I think my videos will be even better because if things start falling off, if he goes for it, I get more angry and there's more quality for my videos. So, Alex, it's either that or Danier for Lafreniere. So I can't lose here. That's what I think is going to happen with the Habs. I don't think they. I don't think they can fall off enough to make the bottom to get they're, to the bottom. They're in a, a position where they're too good to be garbage, and they're not quite good enough to make it. And they are starting. Sounds to come, like the Minnesota Wild. Not, they're not that bad. I will not. We don't have Parise. All right. I won't. I will not take that. But they are starting to get there. They have to have prospects in that. Which you? What do Minnesota have? I have no idea. Yeah, so I'm not gonna. They are. There are some. You do. You can make those connections, but they're not in that bad. They're not as in that tough of a spot. Even though you think about it, all right, an aging, really, really good top two defenseman and a really good Vesna caliber goalie who they were who best years they are wasting. Who but is also aging. Yes, but at the same time, um, we don't have stupid deals like Scandella and. We're not going to go, oh, my God. I was going to say, we're not going to trail our other great right-handed defenseman, McDonough, but I'm like, oh, wait, Jeff Petrie. But still, <laughs> they don't have Jared Spurgeon locked up for eight years like the hat, like um, Minnesota do. So, uh, oh, my God. Alex, they're starting. It's They're almost there, but they're not that bad, all right? They have cold coffee on the Romanov are coming, but yeah. You understand. You're talking yourself into it. I haven't even said a word. Yeah, no, it's 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 – I, I, I am confident saying they are not in ba- as bad a position as the Minnesota Wild. I refuse to hey, say that. As you talked yourself, you were talking. It sounded like you were very well convinced. You're very much convincing yourself <laughs> that they were almost there. The only bad deal on the Habs is, and Carl Olser's been buried, and the Habs have cat space. So it's not a problem. Is Yeah, you have Weber and Pricey, but at the same time, they're two good players. And then everyone else, if you look at Montreal's um, cat friendly page, Beside those two, the only player that is locked up for more than three years is Jonathan Drewin and Paul Byron. And at least with Paul Byron, you know, his wheels aren't going to fall off. And Jonathan Drewin is young and very skilled. So I, I, I will believe they're in a better position than Minnesota. I'm just, uh, I, I, you know, I'm just saying stuff here. Um, but I don't, I don't really know what else there is to say about the Habs. I do think Bergeron will go for it. And I, I don't have a problem if he does. And I won't have a problem if he decides to trade guys away. But... If he is going to trade guys away, it cannot just be Nick Cousins and Tom and, and Nate Thompson. You need if you're going to sell and make it impactful and, and if this is the year to try and get a first round pick, it needs to be Petrie or Tatar. And you brought him up. I think if anyone's gonna get traded, it's gonna be Jeff Petrie because you have a guy like Josh Brook and Kale Flurry, who are right handed defensemen that are gonna fill in, in a few years. Especially Kale Flurry, who was like so good this year. But I, I, that's all I have to say about Le Bleu Blanc Rouge. Okay. I have a couple things about the Leafs. Yeah. Now, we didn't talk about it last episode uh, is- because I was a little upset about the fans. Mm. But after the Chicago game, uh, Keith came out, called the number one, called the team immature. Mm-hmm. And called the, the again the loss against Florida. He called it a week ago a good slap in the face. <laughs> I think it's quite obvious 
who he's calling out. And they've talked about it uh, on a couple of shows now. They've talked about it on Leafs Hour. They talked about it on SDP. It's quite obvious that they're calling out Matthews and Marner. Mm-hmm. I think because those are the guys. Listen, there's only so much John Tavares can do. Now that you don't have Jake Muzzin and you don't have Morgan Riley, most of the leadership is on John Tavares. And and that and I get it, he's he's your captain, he's your guy, but there's only so much that one man can take. Uh, I think the team needs to step it up. You know, they made a really good point on on the Steve Dangle podcast, and I'm going to take it because I think it's a really good point. You source them. Uh, to, 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 to elaborate, just to elaborate on it, that when Patrick Marlowe was brought in, he was brought in to de- n- not develop, help the younger guys create – um, they use the word killer instinct. I don't know if that's the root, I, the word I want to go for. But he was he was brought in to bring in some type of leadership, build the play, build those players leadership wise because they're young, immature, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And sure, it seems like you know what he became very good friends with them. He did help them. I just don't think he helped them in the way or helped them fully in what the team needed, which is a freaking killer instinct, which I still think this team doesn't have. If they had a killer instinct, this team wouldn't be so inconsistent. And the killer instinct is that thing of locking a game down and saying, we're going to win this. Right. And I think it's, not that I think the team made a mistake bringing in Marlowe. I think the Marlowe deal was one year too long. I think the manage. I think Dubis knows that. I think everyone up there in upper management knows that the Marlowe deal was one year too long. Mm-hmm. I think they brought in the wrong player in the sense that it didn't give them the one thing that they were looking for. The difference between this team and and a team like Boston, you look at the young players that came in into Boston. You look at Pasternak, you look at McAvoy. Uh, those two are the big ones that pop out to me. Who were they playing with when they were starting starting their seeds, starting their growth? They're playing with Patrice Bergeron. They're playing with uh, uh, Marshan. They're playing with Chara. They're playing with Tuka Rask. You see, these are guys that have that, that have killer instinct. They've been through the playoffs. They've been, um, they have that killer instinct that 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 you need to kind of understand what what to do. And it seems like this when all these players came in, who did they have? No one. They had themselves. He ain't the terrible. first year. The first no PA Parental wasn't even there. The first year 
that Matthews, Marner, and Nylander played together, most of that team was young. Then you had JVR and Bozak, who have been playing with the Leafs forever. And I'm sorry, I love the guys. They don't. Ha- they don't have that killer instinct. They went to the playoffs once before they made the playoffs in 2016. I believe both of them were there. Uh, on the back end, okay, you have right. Like you didn't have anyone with the kill. You had. Ry- on Hainsey. You see what I mean? Like, there was no one set in place there. You bring in Patrick Marlowe. Great guy. I, he's he's great leadership-wise. I mean, his skill last year was not what this team needed. And he was playing way too much. They just bring – and they made – they said they should have went harder after uh, – they should have went harder after someone like – Justin Williams and another name that I think they should have gone gone harder after, uh, which they didn't bring up, was Joe Thornton. Yeah, and they Joe, there were which they were rumored. There was two players that summer who they were going hard after was Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thornton. I would have gone and I and I Joe Thornton is a little bit older. I would have gone after Joe Thornton. He has that killer instinct, just the beard alone. Just the beard alone I and has that you know what I mean? That's what they needed and that's what I got from that quote is that the team doesn't have that killer instinct. The team doesn't understand what it means to lose. Yes, they lost three years in a row in the first round, but that's nothing. There's three more rounds. Ra- Imagine you have to go through three more rounds of that to win a cup. You've lost in the first round three times, and that only teaches you so much. Well, let you me need ask to- this. Yeah. Because I have heard some Leafs fans saying, and and when I hear this, I just I, I want to flip a table, and I'm not even a Leafs fan, saying that it wouldn't be the worst thing if they missed. And this is Adam Wilde who said this on the Steve Dangle podcast. I love Adam Wilde, but I could not disagree more with him about that. Because then okay. you learn. So you don't do there, so much in the regular season. Like You need to play in the playoffs to learn how to play in the playoffs. Here's the thing, though. I understand where where he's coming from because what he's saying is, look at the t- Tampa Bay Lightning last year. The Tampa Bay Lightning had the best regular season in the world. They got swept in the playoffs, and then they started the season awful. They learned from getting swept in the playoffs. They learned from uh, from starting the season poorly. It, it I, You don't necessarily... You need to understand that you have to give it a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent every single night, every eighty-two games of the year. And and I know, I don't like Anthony Stewart says this all the time. It's all about the details. And at the end of the day, he's right. It is all about the details. You have to put into place. A mentality in your head is that you have to put in 110% 82 times of of the regular season and every bloody game of the playoffs because you're never going to get anywhere. You're not. 
you look at the Boston team. How many years have we been saying that, oh, the Boston Bruins are ready to dip because their players are getting older? I'd say before uh, there were a few. Uh, it was, I think it was the year before they played the Sens, the year the Sens went to the conference finals. A lot of us are saying, oh, I don't know about Boston anymore. And then they just said, oh, hello there. Do you remember us? Right. And, and it's, you need the killer instinct. And mm-hmm. I can't reiterate that enough. But I, I and I don't a hundred percent agree with Adam Wilde on that um on that statement. It would be I think it teaches them a very good lesson if they miss the playoffs. Because what they have now and what they had at the beginning of the season are two different things. They for the first time in three and four years, they are being held accountable. They haven't been held accountable as members of the Toronto Maple Leafs because all the pressure, all the all the uh, all the media pressure has been on Babcock because Babcock's the six million dollar coach who's supposed to bring you a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. No one's been talking about No one had ever been talking about the players And finally Finally the le- the players On this team especially Marner especially Matthews um, All the young Players who, ne- who hadn't experienced The pain are now experiencing It and Listen Nylander Has been I think the most consistent Player on this team since day one of the season, uh, Matthews has been struggling. Struggled at the be- beginning of the season, picked it up. He's still going. This is the thing with Matthews. When Matthews is on, he scores tons of goals, and I can see it. I can see that he's he's trying to learn this defensive, the defensive end of the game because I see slight improvements. But the thing with Matthews. And with Marner, I see a lot too, is that's on and off, on and off, on and off. You can't do on and off, on and off. You're not going to get far in the playoffs. He has a That's the thing with this. And team. he'll still score 40 goals. Like, that's not his right. issue. Just, like, talk about immaturity. That game against the Flyers when he said, we were bad. When it was single-handedly him who lost that game. Like, if you want to be... Austin bleeping Matthews. If you want to be the face of that franchise, if you want to be a real leader, you take the blink. And, right. like, and what he did saying, we, like, dude, no, come on now. like, And he, he doesn't even need to be good defensively. He just needs to not be a liability. And I think he's working on that. I really do like the way I the if I'm focused solely on him, I think I'd argue that he has been improving over the season, uh, especially since Babcock was fired. I think it's it's worked with him. But the next thing for Keith, uh, and and just I want to throw this out there: whoever the hell is saying uh, Dubis should be fired, I think you no, just no. No. I think the next thing for Keefe is you need to 
he needs to get the mindset of the players that it's 110% every night. Because when the players are going 110%, that's you. That's when you get the 15-4-1 stretch. Mm-hmm. That's what you get when you put 110% in. And even during that, even during that stretch, there were games that they were off. Listen, players are going to have off nights. I, I, I'm not expecting them to, uh, expecting them to have 82 perfect games because I don't think that's possible. I don't think any pl- many players have that. I can think of two who have perfect nights every night. Well, I mean, so. so if they put Martin Marinz in position to succeed, they would win every game. Stop it. I get you like Martin Marinz, but he's not the answer. That is that is kind of it. I think if they miss this year, I mean, damn, I, I don't know what the situation would look like. I think it'd look bad. Uh, I think there'd be a lot of changes that would have to be made uh, I, I don't even want to address the Nylander situation because I just think I'm just everyone's just saying trade Nylander I think okay you know what are you getting back for Nylander that's the first uh, thing that comes to my mind what are you getting back for Nylander if you're getting something of significance back go right ahead Sure, Trey Nealand, you know, his value is probably highest right now. But if you're not getting back someone who's going to be there for a while, get out of here. Sorry, it doesn't make sense to trade Nylander for Petrangelo or Nylander plus for Petrangelo. It doesn't make sense. Well, Alex, I can tell you're getting hot here. And Nealander... Getting traded is, is something that, that is it's been a story for the past last couple of years, really. Um, but is there anything else besides? Because you know, I don't think we want to repeat the whole Nylander trade thing. No, no, no. Anything else you want to touch on with the Leafs? No. Anything else in the league you want to talk about? No. I'm looking at a golden retriever laying down in the sun on Twitter right now. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Um, all right, Atsi, quickly, I missed this. Do you want to? Do you want me to read the Boko Imama of the Ontario Reign, the guy who uh, Brandon Manning used the racial slur against? You want me to read his statement out quickly because he just came. I just noticed it. Sure. All right, again, this is from Boko Imama of the Ontario Reign, um, the player who Brandon Manning used a racial slur against uh, in the game between the Condor and the Reign. Quote, I have taken some time to reflect on what transpired on the ice against Bakersfield Monday night. What happened is unfortunate for everyone. No matter how intense or heated a game gets, there is no room for this in our game and no excuse. I am very proud to be an African-Canadian hockey player and to stand for all other players that are in the same situation as me. I would like to thank the Los Angeles Kings and Ontario Reign, Edmonton Oilers, and Bakersfield Condors for their professionalism in helping me handle the situation. Situation, sorry. Last but not least, I cannot thank my family and friends for their continued... Hmm? Last but not least, I... 
cannot thank my family and friends for their continued love and support. I think he's like, I can't thank my them enough, but it's just yeah. not okay. At this time, I will not make any further statements or comments, and I would very much appreciate if those wishes were respected. So, uh, taking the high road there. Um, it looks like it was settled quite nicely because he thanks the Oilers and, and the Colanders, of course, but... Um, of course, I think this is something when we eventually do talk about hockey culture that uh, Boku and Mama will be part of it. Oh, for sure. All right, Alex. Well, you liked this episode, didn't you? I think I did. Well, if the listeners liked it, I think that they should subscribe to the podcast and wherever they're listening to it. If it's iTunes, if it's Spotify, if it's wherever. And if they can on those platforms, they should like it or whatever they can do. They should leave a review. They should leave a rating, anything. Five stars. Why not, Alex? They should also check out the show's Instagram and YouTube page. We post discussion posts and, of course, little clips from the show. Well, you do all that because you do all the real work behind the scenes. Um, and, of course, check out my YouTube channel because uh, why not? Uh, Habs, I'll be uploading a new video probably on Friday talking about the last Habs weekly update. Yeah, I'm going to keep plugging myself. That's right, Alex. I see you smiling. But anyway, lovely listeners, thank you for listening. Check out our social medias as well and maybe Daniels if he ever shows back up. Uh, he's, he's, pra- he's skating with a contact jersey on, so he'll be back soon. 